Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Uh, Ryan and I are back with you tonight to talk about uh, who the most talented team in the NFC North is, as well as who could surprise us as this year's K.J. Osborne for the Minnesota Vikings. So grab your drink and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson. Joined tonight, fresh off a couple softball games, uh, is my co-host, Ryan Ortega. Uh, he's, he's gracious enough to join us tonight from his car. Um, that's how dedicated he is to the show. And um, So yeah, how you doing tonight, Ryan? I saw you, I mean, I think it's, I think it's illegal to do what you're doing, but I saw you uh, drinking in your, in your car. Well, yeah, I suppose it probably is, but you know, I'm not driving. I'm not going to be driving. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. You know, honestly, I've been on this softball team for like six, seven years now. And I think this is the first time we've 10 run a team two games in a row. So actually I didn't have to like leave the game early to join the podcast. Like I thought I would, like I thought I'd have to, um, I was able to just jump right on without having to worry about it. So it was good. Um, hit pretty well tonight, fielded well. I, I, I basically am just a sub at this point just cause, you know, got three kids and stuff. So I can't just do it every week, but, um, yeah, it, it was fun to, fun to get out here, you know, stretch the legs, see how out of shape I actually am. And you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we got some people in the chat already. I wonder what people are drinking. Um, I am drinking, well, I'll show you what I'm drinking. Uh, I am drinking the, the Mountain Dew hard seltzer tonight, uh, but nice. but it is it is out of my, my glorious Lake Monster glass here. So um, I, I, they did hook me up with some beer yesterday. I have not uh, put it away in the fridge, so it was warm. I was not thinking, but uh, the, the Mountain Dew hard seltzers, man, if you, if you haven't had those, uh, go go drink them, Dave. How about yourself? Is that a man? Baja you... Blast? It is, man. It is. <laughs> I am so drinking good. a, a Carbach Hazy IPA for tonight. And the other thing, besides forgetting to put those in the refrigerator, is you forgot to stop by Ryan's house on the way home. Yeah, well, I work right next to where Ryan lives, so uh, it's it's a poor excuse on my end. But uh, I'm I'm down tomorrow, so I'll, I'll I'll try and link up with you, Ryan. We'll get you some. I got plenty. No, you're good. I actually I, w- I went to the liquor store today, and I don't know if this is a bad or good thing, but they were sold out. And it's not that they don't carry; they were sold out of the Lake Monster um, sour, um, 
you know, whatever sour pack that they have um, that I was trying to purchase at, at the Lakeville Liquors that I went to. So I had to go to a competitor. I apologize to Lake Monster, went to another sour style beer. I don't need to name who it is, but you'll probably <laughs> see it on the label when I'm drinking. But just know I went to Lakeville Liquors, Kendrick. I think is Kendrick Avenue location sold out. So Lake Monster, you're doing your thing because people in Lakeville are buying. Let's go, man. I, I can tell you that the beer I do have for you, there are some sours in there. So uh, I, Love like em. I said, we'll get you hooked up tomorrow and, and ready to roll. Um, shorter show tonight. Uh, just a couple topics I want to get to. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the slowest time of year. So it's, it's really difficult uh, to kind of pick out what's going on. Uh, mini camp just wrapped up. I think even Kevin O'Connell said he's about to take a week off here and just sort of relax since his first time since last training camp is what he was saying. Um, but, but let's dive right into maybe the first topic, which won't take as much time. And then, uh, the second one, which is the, who is, who is the most talented team in the NFC North? So, but let's start with, uh, who is the next KJ Osborne for us? I think, when you look back at K.J. Osborne's career as a Minnesota Vikings in his first two years, the first one was very underwhelming, right? I think he was – was he a fourth-round pick or third? Um, it was uh, – He was like fifth, I think. Fifth or sixth, actually. He was later. I thought it was earlier than that. Uh, but regardless, I think some people were pretty disappointed in kind of how his rookie campaign ended, struggled with putt returning, never really made the field um, as a wide receiver. Um I mean, Chad Beebe, which, by the way, Chad Beebe signed today with the Houston Texans, um, kind of took that role. Um, and so flash forward or rewind back, whatever you prefer, to 2021. And K.J. Osborne pretty quickly um, steps into that role and does not let it go. Um, I think you and I, especially when we sat here last summer, and saw the signing of a D.D. Westbrook, right? So a, a, a veteran with experience and punt returner. We're kind of like, all right, that's it's it's D.D.'s job to lose. But in fact, it was it happened to be K.J. Osborne, and he he put on a stellar twenty one campaign, um, proved that he was dependable to the point where this will feed into the conversation later. But the Vikings might have the best wide receiver core in the NFC North as it stands today um, and heading into the season. So. With all that said, who is – we got an ad playing in the background. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> um, with that being said, though, Ryan, uh, who would be your your sophomore player this year that could pull a K.J. Osborne? And I'll let you and Dave kind of give your answer, and then I have one for you as well. Yeah, Um one of the players that I was really excited about last year going into training camp um, was our fifth, I think it was fifth round pick, Janarius Robinson. Now mm. he didn't make the nice. field really. Nice. Yeah. He didn't really make the field because uh, injury. Right. So I think he ended up being on the IR and just didn't really get a lot of playing time. Um, however, coming out of, I think it was Florida state. He was like an athletic profile. Again, I'm, I'm not going to say on par with Daniel Hunter, but very athletic guy, right? Long athletic defensive end slash outside linebacker style guy. Um, who's ultra athletic and had the ability to really, 
you know, dominate in the, um, in the ACC. So obviously riddled by injuries, didn't have a lot of opportunity. Um, I, I think the coaching staff just wasn't really blending well with that rookie uh, class last year. Um, didn't really get the, get a chance to show what he has. Now, I liked him a lot. Actually, I thought we should have taken him when we took Patrick Jones a round earlier. And I think he, especially in this system, has the ability to really ascend this year if given the right opportunities. Now, again, we're, we're, this is a bit of a crapshoot, right? Because, you know, we're, we're talking about late round guys. You know, I, I can't sit here and say Christian Derrissaw, he played decent last year can't sit here and say these high round picks as a sophomore right so yeah. you know we got to go with a deeper guy and i think from a skill set standpoint from a ability standpoint it's got to be Janarius robinson ha- having that opportunity to really blow up after a very disappointing rookie year so i i, I kind of went back and forth too because does the qualifier have to be that they were disappointing as like a rookie like because if not then I'm picking Kenny Wongu, right? Like, I think that that, that would be a, a player next year, especially in a Kevin O'Connell offense, right? To spell a Dalvin Cook. I mean, you got to, the Rams were not shy about, you know, using various running backs by any means um, and figuring out unique ways to get them the ball if they prove to be a, a solid playmaker. Um, so if the, if the qualification of, you know, having a disappointing rookie season like doesn't matter then i'm picking kenny wongu but i like kenny yeah i mean i i think it's an easy pick right to just kind of slide in there and have an impactful role for us but if if, but if we're having the conversation based on like a disappointing rookie season um (laughs) fans may laugh at this but i'm gonna go with wyatt davis right uh but I know you're laughing, Dave, but if if we if we said this a year ago about KJ Osborne, like being a, a a proven wide receiver three, everyone would have laughed then too, based on what they saw. And so I think I think when you combine the fact that there is a competition supposedly at right guard still, um, way to cover the label, Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there is a competition at right guard. It's a whole new coaching staff, right? Everybody's on a level playing field, and you really can go out there and sort of make a name for yourself. And I think this is this is a good time for Wyatt Davis because if not now, I mean, windows of opportunity in the NFL are so short that if you don't take hold of it like a K.J. Osborne did last year, um, you might never see a team again. And if you do, you're going to be bouncing around from team to team every single summer and spring. So um, I kind of had two there. Dave, any any K.J. Osborne uh, potential players you see on this roster? Cameron Bynum. I like that. Love it. Love uh, it. Now, Cameron's going to have, because we drafted um, Scene. Lewis Scene. Scene may or may not start on game one, but I fully expect with – the defense we're going to play, I think we're going to see a lot of, even if Scene doesn't start and Bynum gets to start, I still anticipate Scene's going to start at some point in time. You draft a first rounder, you expect him to start. But I expect Cameron Bynum to be key in that three-headed monster where we're going to be playing a lot of three safeties, uh, three safety sets. And I think he can star. 
and then we're going to, you know, and they're going to use that, and then Hitman may eventually retire or whatever, and they'll have two really, really good safeties back there. But in the meantime, I like we're that have three, you know, like the safety version of three deep. Yeah, and I think even um, if, if we go back, and for those listening or watching right now, if you go back a few episodes when we had Arif Hassan on, uh, shortly after the NFL draft, the local media members went in for a little bit of film review uh, with coaches uh, at, at TCO Performance Center. And that was one thing that Arif came away as well, was talking about the fact that the Vikings, they're still planning on like utilizing Cam Bynum in some fashion. Um, maybe more than what the public might even, you know, think. Um, so yeah, I I I agree. I think I, we kind of pick. Well, I mean, you look at you look at what the Rams did, and I know it's a completely different defense, right? But like you look at what yeah. the Rams did. They had they had a lot of three safety looks. You look at the Denver Broncos. I mean, they they were running three safeties with um, Simmons, Caden uh, Stearns as a rookie last year. Uh, got on the field quite a bit, and then I forget their other starter. But you know, th- there there's a lot of opportunity, and and Cam Bynum again, he's a converted corner, so it's not like he doesn't know how to run man to man, right? So he's going to have a lot of opportunity, and I think Seen and and Smith are going to be the the starters, so to speak. But Bynum's going to get a lot of opportunity, and I loved what I saw out of him last year. I really did. So in a lot of mocks, I didn't even mock us taking a guy until third, fourth round because of the fact that I trusted Cam Bynum. So yeah. we took scene, which I, I'm not mad about. I love the pick. It was a great pick. Now you have three guys who can rotate. And like Dave said, and Dave, there's a really good point by you. We have the future of safety on this team. I think it's going to be those two. Yeah. Um, one quick question before we move to the next one. Nick Howard's jumping in the chat asking if anyone's worried that scene isn't getting lots of run with the starters yet. No, I'm not. This is normal. They're laying in the new offense and defense. They've got to learn the terms. Rookies generally are swimming. The The guys that have been there have a more experienced stat. They get it quicker. He will get his opportunities once – just like Wyatt Davis and the O-line. Once the pads come on and we hit July and August. And we'll yeah. see how much progress he makes. Because remember, there's the rookie adjustment to the speed of the NFL. They yeah. still have it. I mean, they may be running, quote, 100%. Obviously, the linemen aren't, and they're specifically told not to. But they may be close to 100%, but they're not 100%. They're not full action hey, we're going at it. They're not going to see that until the preseason. So I'd pump the brakes. I fully expect him to start eventually. Whether, Like I said, it may not be game one, but I suspect by game six he's fully entrenched as the starter. Yeah, and that's also something I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, and we'll talk about it as training camp kind of comes up. But uh, I'm curious to see how Kevin O'Connell and his staff view rookies because we've been – I mean, the last seven years, Mike Zimmer has not, I, I don't want to say he's held back rookies because I, I feel like that's unfair, um, but I feel like they were brought on a lot slower than maybe fans wanted to see. Um, some of them were very justifiable, right? Like Justin Jefferson back, you know, 
fans are like, how could you have not started that guy the first? No, that was not justifiable at all. What are you talking about, Matt? I think that was the worst of them all. You're starting BC (laughs) Johnson over this guy. There's zero chance that's justifiable. Yeah, but it took it took two games before no, Justin. No, it didn't. It, yes, it did. It didn't take any games for Justin to figure out how to play a receiver. He could have went out there and dominated from day one. He didn't because Zimmer had a stick up his butt. Like, no, there's zero chance that you're, dude. We're talking BC Johnson over maybe the greatest rookie wide receiver of all time. Maybe. Yeah, but like, nobody no. knew that at the time. But you can't you can't hold a guy back because he's a rookie. That's what happened that year. Now you can talk about a lot of other players that, yeah, they needed a little bit of time to 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 kind of ease into it. Justin Jefferson is the worst example of that. That dude was a baller from day one. He just didn't get the opportunity. We can save that conversation for another. You saw week. him in training camp, Matt. You saw him in I, training camp, Matt. I did, but I also saw BC Johnson that year in training camp, who was also playing well. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson he well, was but okay. he was playing well. All right. Like I said, we have a, over a month before training camp. We'll have plenty of time um, to talk about that. So let's dive into our second topic tonight. Yes. And I think, it's a, I think it's a fair question to ask. A lot of people, when you talk about the NFC North, quick, are quick to tout the Packers as you know the best team. Rightfully so. They're coming off a very good season a collapse in the playoffs, which is becoming the status quo for them. Um, But nonetheless, a very talented team. Um, But I don't feel like people are giving the Vikings maybe enough credit as they should. And so, Ryan, I... Good morning, football is. Are they? I haven't seen that. I think Peter Schrager, like, touted us as, like, his surprise best team in the whatever like he like out of all the teams in the league yeah um to your question like who's who's the team right so yeah so before we we get into it do you want to go position by position or do you just want to do overall teams and call out some people let's do let's do overall then we can go into positions so overall as an as an overall team from a talent perspective I think the Vikings are the most talented team. The issue is we don't have the most talented best position. So we they ha- Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Best that position, makes most up for important position. Most important position, that's what I meant, right? So like the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. He can make up for us having the best running back, the best receiver, the best safety, the best linebacker. And Ryan froze. Yeah, we just lost Ryan for a second here. Hopefully he comes right back. But I'm picking up on what he's putting down here, right? Like the Vikings have – You're back, so you can continue your thought. You left us off at linebacker. I'm just saying, we have, yeah, we have the best linebacker, we have the best safety, we have the best running back, we have the best wide receiver. We have a lot of positions, but – Aaron Rodgers can make up for a lot of that by being the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. But do you, Willie, do you, do you consider the Bears or the Lions in this conversation at all? I think the Lions are going to be sneaky good. Because I mean, we're just talking talent, right? This does not mean best team, right? They're not going to go out and because we sit. If we sat here tonight and called the Detroit Lions the most talented team in the NFC North, 
it's not us saying that they would then be the NFC North division winner. That's not what we're saying here. Actually, they're they're the opposite, though. They don't have the best talent, but as a team and as a coaching staff last year, even though they didn't win that many games, they were in a ton of games, and I think they're only going to improve. They do need to get a quarterback of the future figured out. But outside of that, I think the lot. I mean, uh, as Nobel Nobel War Prize uh, just said, there people a lot of people are too low on them. I think they're gonna they're gonna put us and the Packers in a, a little bit of a fight for that NFC North, in my opinion. So I'm just gonna list some names off of, from the Lions because when I was looking through it today, I said if anybody if anybody runs close to the Vikings as, as far as talent goes from, from a roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the Lions are going to give the Vikings a run for their money. And I'm about to list some names off here, and you'll be surprised, I think. Uh, maybe you won't, but some people will. So you got DeAndre Swift at running back and Jamal Williams. That's a that's a good one-two punch in, the, in your backfield. Swift, Swift is underrated on his own team. They don't use him nearly enough. Right. That dude is a ball. Like I don't think he's quite as good as Dalvin Cook, but he's he's right there. He's good. They brought in DJ Chark. Uh, they drafted yeah. Jamison Williams. St. Brown yes. proved to be a pretty Saint good Brown. rookie last year. And even Cephas, behind all of them, was a valuable uh, contributor. Their tight end, TJ Hawkinson, we're still kind of waiting for him to break out, but when he stays healthy, he's proven that he's a he's, he's high a quality. Very, he's a very capable and potentially could break out soon. Tight end. Um, it's it's strange because when you look at the tight ends in the NFL, like the, the the elite ones, it took them a little bit to get where they are. Like Travis Kelsey took a little bit. George Kittle took a little bit. I don't know Who if didn't, Mark Andrews did. I Who know. didn't though? The one yeah, in Atlanta. Kyle well, Pitts, Kyle too. Pitts, so yeah, he, right, he's talking right. about Mark Andrews. I'm talking about Mark Andrews. Um, but and then you even let's go let's go to the the, the Lions offensive line. You got Frank Ragnow. Um, they Baller. just drafted Sewell last year. They got Taylor Baller. Decker. I mean, Baller. That is a that is a Jonah very, Jackson. Very Jonah Jackson's really good too. A guard. Yeah. That's a like they have a line. They're built well. They're held back by quarterback. Should we have? Should we be ashamed that we lost to them last year? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Of course. Yes. <laughs> you guys Always. didn't take the bait. We should be ashamed to lose to anybody in the division. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I think it's respectable to lose to a team like the Packers. Now, get that out of your head. I mean, legitimately. It's the bad thing. Legitimately, you shouldn't lose to the Lions. 
You shouldn't yeah. lose Alliance. Like they were at the time, weren't they win? They were winless when they beat us, right? Like, yes. yep. of course. They, they're, no, and the way we lost to them is pathetic. So, again, if we're this high touted, high powered offense, and the first game we barely squeaked by them by winning with a game winning field goal to win 19 17, that's pathetic. By the second game, we don't blow them out when we're supposed to be this really high powered offense. And even our defense is supposed to be decent, and we lose to them on the final drive. Like, and again, I don't. I mean, to a certain extent, I kind of like that game. I don't put on Kirk. The first game, I the first game, the fact that we barely beat them, I put on Kirk, and Kirk and the offense, not just Kirk, but just the whole offense as a whole. You can't only put up 19 points on the Lions and what 16 points until the final drive. Like, come on, you you gotta. And the Lions were figuring it out last year, and then they did. Uh, like they're, they're starting to. They they have faith. Dan Campbell's given them some 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 confidence, and 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 that goes a long way in the NFL. It really does. So what I want to do here to to kind of round out the show is I, I do want to go position by position, and we'll just quick debate who has the best, um, the best you know player at that position. So when we talk about linebackers and wide receivers, you'll just take take the the starter, their top player. Um, we'll go from there. So let's start at quarterback. I think we all kind of are, are on the same boat here, but uh, unfortunately, the Packers <laughs> have have the best uh, best quarterback in the division. Who, Absolutely. by the way, is is now dating a girl named uh, Blue Earth, or Blue of the Earth, I believe. Um, Good for him. Okay. <laughs> Uh, best running back in the NFC North, Dalvin Cook. Cook. He best. ranked third in the NFL next gen stats for explosive plays. So that's that's one point for the Vikings now. Uh, best fullback in the NFC North. Is there only one? Well, I mean, there's a few, I guess. Uh, Blast. I, I don't think I don't think fullback should even be now. judged because we yeah. don't even know if we're going to use a fullback. We don't even know if we're going to use a fullback. Okay, so I get CJ Ham because I don't. I don't think the other three teams use a fullback. Works for me. Best wide receiver in the NFC North. Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Best tight end in the NFC North. It was it was Devontae Adams, but he's not. It was, but yeah. Best tight end? Um, I would say TJ Hawkin- Hawkinson for sure. All right. I, I would agree with that. I, I don't think that at this point you can give any any love to Irv Smith until he proves it. Um, I think the potential is there. Irv Ir- is good, and he's, he's got potential, yeah. But he's yeah, just got to stay there healthy. Best offensive tackle, just overall. We're not going to do right and left. Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when healthy, right? If he plays, I mean, if you want to go left, if you want to go left and right, he's the best left. I think I do think Brian O'Neill is the best right. But as if you're just gonna say really? as a whole, it's Bakhtiari. I I, I I think I think Brian O'Neill is better than Penny Sewell, at least at this point in time. Okay, might not be for a career, but as in this point in time, he's he's shown to be a better right tackle for sure. How about offensive guard? 
when you look across the NFC North here, I mean, when, I, I, I don't know what Elgin Jenkins is. If he's like, he's played every position on that line, but I yeah. think his home's yeah. left guard, I think. And if, he, if, if he's left guard, then him. He's kind if of a not, jack of all trades, but he is listed as a guard. Yeah, so if 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 he's gonna play left guard next year, it's him. If not, I'd probably say Jonah Jackson. Okay. For the Lions, I, I, th- is, if- I, th- I think I'd agree with you. I think that that if if Jenkins is healthy, and it, I, I believe that they will probably leave him at guard. Um, he is the best one. Um. Now, if we switch to center, is there an elite center in, in the NFC North? Frank Ragnar's knock out of the park, really solid center. Okay. Frank Ragnar, I, I, I wish we would have drafted him. He's so good. He, he went earlier than I thought he was going to, and he's just a, he's solid. The Vikings did want him. Um, I believe mm-hmm. Darren Wolfson mm-hmm. came back and they said did. that. Uh, best defensive end in the NFC North. It's Hunter, right? I mean, when it you look around. Yeah. Well, healthy, and you yeah. take Hunter and Smith healthy, we've got the two top. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. they got to stay healthy. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Rashawn Gary really came out last year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, Hunter for sure went healthy. Absolutely. Hey, you know, 2019, Hunter and Smith both had over 100 pressures apiece. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. If they can, if they both can be healthy, yeah. But they're also getting old, so. Well, Hunter's uh, not old yet, but. Without a doubt, well, here on de- defensive tackle, it's it's the Packers for me. It's Kenny Clark. Um, I I don't see any other competition. Um. Yeah. I, In a couple years, maybe, but not right now. No, I I think there. Uh, um, who was it? Um. Aleem McNeil for mm-hmm. the Lions, NC State kid. I think he's got. I, I think he had a, de- a solid rookie year, and I think he's going to continue to break out. He's going to be our next. Um, he, I think he's going to be a terror for us. I think he's going to be the next kind of Akeem Hicks style player. Okay. But yes, Kenny Clark is the answer. So now let's switch to best linebacker in the NFC North. If, if you're talking inside Kendricks, I'm, I'm saying just overall. I mean, it's tough, right? Because like it's hard to compare like an I edge rusher. I, I can't do you can't, Edge rushers count them as defensive ends and count. Of. Yeah, yeah. So if we're not talking edge rushers, um, yeah, I think it's Eric Kendricks. Roquan Smith's right there, though. Okay. It would have been Khalil Mack, probably right if he were still around, unless you classify him as. Defensive end, which I think, Dave, you just kind of said that that's what our qualifier mm-hmm. was going to be. Uh, best cornerback. Pretty easy here, I think. Jair Alexander. Yeah, I was going to go Jair. Again, win healthy, but I, th- I think the Packers have the edge there. Uh, yep. Interesting conversation here, though, when you talk about best safety in the, the uh, NFC North. Do you give any love to the Packers on this? When you think about like they got savage, good yeah, yeah, they got good safeties. But I, I, I think Harrison Smith, uh, Harrison Smith is still the 
the the top safety. But I, I'm Savage is good. Amos is good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some good safeties in this in this in this division. But I think Smith is still the top of the class for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freddie then, added we'll cheerleaders. <laughs> We've got the best cheerleaders. cheerleaders. That's without a doubt. Um, best, best kicker in the NFC North. Gay Burkitch, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you don't want, um, Joseph don't want Santos from the bears or Joseph. Nope. I think Oklahoma kicker. I got to stay with him. He's going to win the job eventually. I think just from a, a pure, like lo- longevity. Well, I was going to say or, or Austin Seibert, is Austin Seibert still the kicker for the, the lions. Cause he's an Oklahoma kid too. I'll tell you in a second here. While you look that up, Noble War yep. Prize. Well, there's asked, two of them. As for kick returner, I'm not going to give that to Rongu right. because. Yeah, was... for sure. Now, punt returner, that's Wong a different Wu. story. Yeah, Wongu for sure is the best kick returner. The Vikings, uh, or the, the Lions have Patterson and Siebert. Well, oh, yeah, they, yeah, okay. See, yeah, either way, it's still a Burkitch, or, uh, yeah, if, he's, if he wins the job. All right, I'll, put, I'll give it to us. I mean, I think Joseph's been more consistent. consistent than well, jo- Joseph, it's either Joseph or Burkitch. Either way, one of those two are the best kicker because Crosby's old. I think he's too inconsistent. He, he gets in his own head. Um, yeah. Santos. The Bears just suck. Fuck them. And then, and then the Lions. <laughs> And the Lions, Cybert, yeah, I mean, he, he was solid for them, I think, last year. But I, I still think Joseph's the best kicker so far of the group. But I, th- I, I do think Burkich can beat him out. So, All right, well, let's round it out here with a, a punter and a punt returner. Punter, I don't know. Uh, pro- I, I, think, I, think that, I think that Packers punter left uh, Berkowitz or whatever. Um We'll give the Bears the punter. Who cares? Punters don't really matter. Um, let them have one they, position. They, their punter is a rookie, so I don't. I don't know if we can pick them. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I literally don't I, know at all. I, I would say Jordan Berry played pretty well last year, but uh, Jack is Fox he still our punter? The, yeah, mm-hmm. he's got uh, Berry actually was really good. You're right, I, but I, I think. I mean, it's, it's irrelevant. Who who gives a shit, really? But I, I would say that Jack Fox of the Lions is pretty good, too. No, both our kickers have competition this year. So, oh, man. Any punt returners for a, for a final round out here? Not for the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, we, we, ours, is gonna be, ours is going to be brand new because uh, DD's gone. I actually, I thought DD played well last year as a punt returner, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who the other punter turners are, to be honest. All right, then we'll just get rid of it. So when we go through all of that, you know, we look at all the different positions and who's got the best one. The Vikings Thanks, Nick. Have, have eight. The Packers have five. And the Lions have three. So by those standards, right? Mm-hmm. Vikings are the most talented team in the NFC North. 
I think, and, and honestly, if that conver- if we were just having a conversation overall, they are the most talented team. Like, yeah, top to bottom, yeah. I think they have the most talent on the team. They don't have the most talented quarterback, which does make up for a lot. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Um, but I honestly, I'm not down on Cousins. I think I actually, I, I think we're gonna have a career year for him. Hope so. So you're te- you're telling me then that the. Uh, the conversation we had the other week is is wearing on off on you. I'm just I, I think that the like I, I still think that we're gonna have moments where we're really frustrated because he's not aggressive enough. Um but I think the offense is gonna open up just enough for him to be able to make a, a bigger difference than he has. Wow. You heard it here first, guys. Ryan Ortega is turning a corner on his Kirk Cousins stance. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that, that – I mean, that's a, that's the best way to end the show right there, Dave. I think that – I think we can. <laughs> Everything is going to be golden. Kirk Cousins is going to play even better, which I expect to, believe it or not. Um, and Dave's a bigger Kirk hater than I am, so like – I was since Dave's before saying he came it's to real. Minnesota. <laughs> The purple Kool-Aid is flowing <laughs> this evening. Um, I don't have anything else for this week. Like I said before the show started, um, it's 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 a slow time of year, so it's fun to just kind of have some fodder to to sit and talk about. And um, like I said earlier, uh, right after the draft, the Vikings happy hour is every other week now until training camp. Um, in which case, we'll look to hopefully pick it back up. A little bit more, provide um, some more. Unless coverage. we have like crazy breaking news, and then we'll do we'll do a show that week. But it's every other that week cadence, unless we have some crazy breaking news. Like if Kirk's traded for Baker Mayfield, you know we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. R- Ryan, you can log off and, and and drive now after that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I do appreciate uh, the people that we did have in the chat here tonight. Um, Dave, thanks for, for quick and Facebook. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Dave, thanks for kind of putting this together. I don't know what's going on with my camera here. Um, What's the new house? You got to get better internet and better lights and something on that blank white wall and you'll be fine. Yeah, we're working through (laughs) all the kinks. So two weeks, it might be a little bit different, but, um, yeah. So I appreciate everyone uh, joining us this evening. Ryan, thank you for uh, kicking ass in softball so you could join us as well. And, that's all I have. So, Dave, uh, hit us with some announcements. All we got is uh, Darren and myself as two old bloggers on Saturday. And then we start this all over again next week. So, uh, you have Tyler starting his series on important Vikings games throughout history. The, some of the lesser known ones. We did one last week of the 1998 uh, or 97 playoff game with Judd Zolgad. That was awesome. He's going to continue on that theme. Next one, I think he's talking about uh, wide receiver. Skipping my head. Ah, tough getting old. Played on the 2009 team. Real dynamic. Sydney Rice? Sydney, Sydney not, Rice. No, not Sydney Rice. Um, Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Let me talk about Percy Harvin. Thank you very much. My- I can't believe when you said dynamic, I went to Sydney Rice and not Percy Yeah, Harvard. right. I, I, I did the same thing. <laughs> it's Percy. But 
that's what we've got coming up. And of course, if there's any something drastically breaking, we'll do something on that as well. But awesome. absolutely. Well, thank you, well, thank Dave. you very much. Thank you. And Skull Vikes, everybody. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.